Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am so excited for this episode with a new friend of mine, Joe Prim. Uh, Joe is a father and a podcaster. His podcast is Heroes Wanted, and we'll be talking a little bit about that. But before we start, I want to make sure that you get it on your radar, the big event, Montana. We are having our very first Brotherhood of Fatherhood event. It is in September on the 8th through the 11th, and we will be culminating with a 9-11 Ruck, where we're raising money for an awesome charity. But you will hear from people like Rob Wolf um, and some incredible other incredible names that we are pulling together. We're going to go and uh, do some tactical shooting and get some tactical shooting uh, ridiculous training. It's part of the uh, of the deal. We're gonna we're gonna go roll some jiu-jitsu, which I've never done. So if you haven't, don't be scared. And we're going to uh, go to some MMA fights. Like The lineup's ridiculous. And we're just going to have a killer time with like-minded men who really just want to be challenged and learn more and be around men who are much like them. So that would be found at Brotherhood Fatherhood. No, of just brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash events. Go there now. I only have 40 spaces. They're actually selling before I even launch this. So you'll want to go get your space. And uh, there is actually financing available. So click on that financing if you're if you're wanting to go and don't want to pay all up front. With that said, welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks, Scott. That sounds awesome. I love it. I love that you're not just having a bunch of guys get together and play games. Let's do activities as something where we can take it home with us and be like improved and be better, stronger uh, people in our community and in our families. It's Awesome. I love to hear stuff like that happening, Scott. You basically stole the words out of my mouth of kind of like what I say it's about. So I'm, I'm pumped that you're on board because really the, the whole idea was we want men to come together and we don't want just to be talking and being talked to about how we improve our lives. We actually want to put some things in play. We want to have very deep conversations, really get into the into the into the you know the depths of where we need to go to make sure we're better. That's why we're doing things fireside at night. Um, it's good. And why we're capping it at 40, quite honestly, I hope, um, I might even cap it at 30. I haven't decided yet, but, uh, you know, and then the, the firearms training who can't have enough of that. And, and the guy that's doing that is world-class and, um, the people that we have sponsoring already, like, it's just, there's going to be all sorts of really cool things you walk away with, not only in your head, but in your hands. So, uh, pumped that you're pumped about that. Uh, let's hear a little bit about you because I found you, I think I found you on uh, one of the social media outlets and I was really liking what you're, you were doing with your your Heroes Wanted podcast and your content was uh, very much in line kind of with uh, the things I believe. So what makes you tick, man? Dude, I love it. I love what you're doing. Thanks for that. Thanks for inviting me to be on your podcast, Scott. It's awesome. Yeah, I think we hooked up on on Facebook. I came across what you were doing and was intrigued as well. So I reached out to check out what was going on. And I'll be honest with you, Scott, when I first saw it, I thought your name was Scott Rampage. And I was like, I have got to meet this guy. 
And, you know, w- once I got to talk to you a little bit and get to know you, I w- wasn't quite so disappointed that your last name was not Rampage. But, hey, good to be here, like I said. You know, for me, this came out of uh, growth for myself. Mm-hmm. The realization that, like so many men I see out there, I, I was asking myself, is this really it? You know, I was kind of going through the motions. I was running through the script that we kind of are taught since we're, we're young, since we're, since we're boys of how to live and uh, what we need to do. And I checked those things off my list and I got to the end of that list, Scott. And I was like, really, is this it? Mm-hmm. Work is not really what I was sold it was going to be. Marriage is much different than I thought it was going to be. Being a dad is epic and great, but at the same time, way different than than what I was told it was going to be. So I came to this point where I was like, is this it? And I, I really, really had to contemplate whether that was that was it or whether I was going to move off in a different direction. And I'm, I'm grateful that I did. I started to seek out and kind of challenge myself in growth and reading new books and listening to audio books and seeking out uh, leaders that would challenge me and push me outside of my comfort zone. And we made some huge changes in our life at that time. Uh, ended up moving out to a little homestead there where we were at in Illinois at the time, three and a half acres, really not knowing what we were doing or what we were getting into, but just knowing that I wanted my kids to see that if you wanted to do something, if you wanted to try something, don't wait around to retirement. Don't wait around till you get everything figured out and you think you got everything lined up. Go and do it. And if you don't like it and you fail, that's fine. You can always move on and move in a different direction. But the growth and the learning will become invaluable as you move forward in your life. So that's kind of, and out of that growth time also was birthed. um, At the time, it was a podcast called Ever Vigilant. That was my first podcast that I did. And now I'm rolled into and some different evolutions as time's gone on to get into Heroes Wanted. Um, I, I finished up and wrote a book last year, kind of again on the principles that came out of my growth and the six principles that really drove me to embark on that journey down the cliff that I had, I thought was there, Scott. So that's kind of in a nutshell what I'm doing and what makes me tick. I love um, having conversation with men and understanding them and where they're at. I love to, to hear what drives people and what keeps people going what keeps them up at night, what they're battling, what they're fighting and encourage them at the same time, challenge them because we only grow through that adversity. Right. Oh, 100%. I mean, our stories are really, really what, like there's a lot of parallels, right? And I find that with a lot of men who are really pushing the boundaries on their own thinking, who are pushing the boundaries on what they expect of themselves, are pushing the boundaries on what they want for their families. And this is the a very recurring theme. I'm curious was there an aha moment that it was like, really, this is it? Because I had one, but I, and I love hearing other people's. And sometimes it's a slow fade or a slow like realization. Sometimes it's like a smack across the face. So, you know, like you call it a Will Smith these days, you know, what, what, what was that, that catalyst that made you think, no, 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 no. This isn't everything. Well, it was kind of a crazy time in my life. Um, during 2000, I think in 2009, we lost our house and it was 
we were so far underwater on the house and a lot of, I, I was out of work for an extended period of time. We lost our house and it was like an epic failure to me. I can vividly remember Scott watching because we were moving into like a small townhouse and watching the neighbors out taking the furniture that I probably still owed on the credit card bills out of off of the curb and watching this dream and vision and it wasn't a great mansion or anything it's just a three-bedroom house but i had a backyard both of my kids were born in that house and now it was gone and i felt like an epic failure then i went back to work and once i got back into work man i knocked out like all of my career goals very in very quick fashion so i was like at this place where i had failed my biggest failure in life and probably within a year had kind of at this at the, almost the same time where i'm still uh fighting and battling this fear and this loss that i had all of a sudden now i've conquered everything that i wanted to conquer in the work world so it was like this crazy collision of those two things and in order to keep myself stimulated and in order to kind of hide from work getting boring and now like i said you kind of come to the end of that script with being married now at that point for probably around 10 years, having two kids. I, I checked off everything off my list, had the career, had the network, had the people, and I filled all of my void, all my free time with playing video games. And just before, the year before this happened, I had played through, Scott, every video game title that I wanted to play on the Xbox 360 and ended up having to buy, or I shouldn't say having to buy, but I bought a uh, PS3 just so that I could have more games to play. Wow. I think I completed over 30 games that year. And it was kind of at the end of that, like this giant push. And I played those games because, ah, man, they were filling a void. It was sedation. It was hiding from reality of what was going on and that there was a bigger calling on my life. And I think it's probably the beginning of that next year after I had accomplished so much in the virtual world of video games that amounted to nothing that I realized, is this it? How many more years am I going to do this? How many more years am I going to just continue going through the motions here? This is like Groundhog Day. It's every single week, exactly the same thing. I can't, I don't know that I can do this. And I started asking myself, is this it? Is this all that I'm here for? Is this really? It, is this all that I can accomplish? Did if I trap myself into this career where this is where I'm locked in, this is this is my future. What I'm seeing today is also my future. And it was it, it was kind of a scary moment. And at that point, I was like, no, I need to try to do something else. I need to, I don't know where I'm going and I don't know what I'm gonna do, and I don't know how it's gonna work out, but I cannot continue living like this. Don't you think that that's really the like the difference between having goals and then having a purpose? Like you, you went from goal to now I'm on a purpose driven life. I'm in a, I have a mission. I'm going somewhere. Is that kind of how you would relate what happened? Like, cause you'd met all your goals. No doubt about it. And goals, goals are fickle like that. You know, there's a lot of guys out there who, who have these lofty visions of their goals. And I think the the script, you know, really plays into it. Um, but you have those goals. And once you reach the end of them, it's like this bittersweet moment. It's sweet for such a fleeting moment that mm -hmm. I made it to what I 
worked for years and years and years on, but then where do you go from there? And unless you have, like you're talking about that purpose or that reason to keep moving forward or that drive, boy, it's, it, it's, it's very fleeting. This episode is brought to you by the men of Alpha Hippie. Alpha Hippie is the premier men's coaching company, helping the men of Brotherhood of Fatherhood step up and be the change they want for themselves and their families. Alpha Hippie is for any man who feels like he's struggling to take action in his life or like he's burned a few too many bridges on his rise to the top. If you're the type of guy who spends all his time reading self-help books, trying to meditate, or consuming endless self-improvement YouTube videos, but nothing is quite landing like you think it should, then Alpha Hippie is for you. If you feel stressed, depressed, stuck, lost, or like you're not living up to your full potential, then Alpha Hippie is the answer for you. In the Alpha Hippie program, you will destroy your limiting beliefs, regain control of your life, and start to live with inspiration and motivation. Alpha Hippie is not one of those sign up and forget about it programs. We all know about those. It's not just watching a bunch of videos from a 20-year-old life coach. It's a program built by men for men who are ready to make a change and delivered by men who've gone through this themselves. That is very important. We have lived in the trenches and understand what it takes to rise up and craft a life worth living. If you're ready to stop making excuses and invest for yourself, then head over to brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash alpha. Again, that's www.brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash alpha. Yeah, it's, it's an emptiness. I mean, it really is an emptiness. You know, that's, it's interesting because I've never really kind of looked at this. I just always saw it as I didn't have a purpose because I, I had, I had my, uh, an ad- identity in what I did and what I was achieving instead of like, um, really an identity based in more of my values, my mission and really who I am, not like what I do. <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of times we don't even understand or know the difference. And I keep referring to the script and what I'm kind of talking about, Scott, is this idea that from the time we're little boys, we're, we're told that, okay, you go to school, you graduate high school, and then you go on to college or the military. And some of these things vary from family to family and region to region and culture to culture, but they're basically the same. So now you can go get a job. After you get a job, you get married. After you get married, you have a couple of kids. And these things are detrimental to our society as a whole. We need these. And as young men, we need to have those goals and that drive to do probably the most important things that we're, we're here to fulfill. But at the end of the day, once we have checked all those boxes and we've gone through that script, we end up very empty and unsure of where we're going to go next. And that's why a big part of what I try to talk about is once you've come to that point, you've fulfilled your duties to society and your community and your family. Let's write a new script moving forward. Yeah. You get to decide where you're going. You get to decide how who you're going to serve. And I really think that, as you were talking about before, Scott, the idea of a purpose is always going to be serving. Your true purpose is always going to be serving. And what that looks like for one person versus another person could be completely different. There's a million different ways to serve, but you will always come back to feeling fulfilled and having a purpose in serving other people. Oh, that's so true. Do you believe, I've come to this belief that every man has to have like this little bit of this crisis of what am I doing? 
to really grow to their their potential. I really believe that. I and you know, I mean, I think everybody hits it at a different age, but I don't think I've met a man who's really really making a mark on this world who hasn't hit a place in their life where they're like what the hell? Like what what what's going on? What am I doing? What is your what is your thought on that? Yeah, I think this is just a, another example of of this modern confusion that we live in. You know, I think it was obvious to us for millennia on what we needed to do, what we needed to accomplish, what our role was in our tribe or our community or our family. And now we've come to this point where it's it's so easy to survive. It's yeah. not easy to thrive. You're going to have to put efforts in. But if you want to just survive, you, you can manage that so easily in this day and age. And I think without that um, that drive to thrive or to be an influence or impact other people in in a bigger way, you can just float around and you'll manage somehow one way or another. Right. Absolutely. And I think a lot of men uh, go through it their entire life like that. In fact, I would, I would argue that a large percentage of people live their life like that. And I don't know that everybody pursues really getting past it. I think a lot of people just live in a complacency, like this is life. Okay. I'm happy coming home, doing what I do, being where I'm at in my job. If I get a raise, cool. (laughs) I've met so many men like that and it's really hard to be around them personally. Once you kind of get to this place where you're really, really looking to always be improving. And you've made, you said some words that I wrote down because I think they're so incredibly powerful for men. It's a challenge. We should always be looking for a challenge. No doubt. And I think that that's, that's what made, when we go back and we look at history and these different people stick out to us, um, you know, we were really meant to be tribal people and to fit into our tribe and to find our role within that tribe. And what I find interesting, Scott, is we were kind of the same way even as boys running the neighborhood. You know, you had a, a kid who maybe was the fastest and he ran, ran the races against the other kids that challenged, right? Or you had the kid that was good at climbing the trees and then he played his role when you were playing army. Or you had your kid, the kid that was in the group that his mom always had fresh cookies. But we all kind of served our little role and our purpose within that group. And again, we've become so segregated and so divided and so of the mindset of, no, I got to take care of all of this myself that we, we lose that, that role and that purpose just because we live in this different world. And so many times what I start, what I like to look back at Scott is when I, I see something that I question or that I don't understand why we as men seem to be struggling so much. I try to just turn back the pages, you know, 200 years or a hundred years and go, Oh, well now it makes sense. That's what we were geared for. We thrived in this environment and with these types of people. And all of a sudden you take away those daily challenges. You take away the wars and the hunting and the, the exploring and the need for this and the, 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 the nomad life that so many people lived, you know, so you were always on the move and you realize it's, we're bored. <laughs> 100%. I'm so, it's so good to hear another man say this. And I, I like to surround my men, myself with men who think that way. Like we get it, it, complacency and boredom become normal because there really aren't built in challenges in our life unless we want to take them. And I have so many friends who manufacture 
difficulties in their life. You know, ice baths every day, uh, hard physical things, which is the way I choose to go. But um, what do you do to keep yourself challenged? And what do you encourage other men to do? Like, what are some of the tools and things that you would say to other men? Like, if you find yourself feeling a little complacent or you don't have this big push, what, what do they do? Man, I just did a podcast on this because we live in such a chaotic period. And I don't really think that probably things are any more chaotic than they've been throughout the history of man. We just have more information and it's kind of given to us in a way to make us a little more fearful, a little easier to manipulate and control into different directions. But I, what I talked about in the episode is um, there are two very different ways that we can deal with the chaos in this world. And one way is to sedate ourselves and to hide from it and to make Monday night or Sunday night football our priority. We can hide from it that way or through video games or politics or getting involved in, in disputes on Facebook or whatever it is, or even vicariously through our kids' sports, right? A lot <laughs> yeah. of fathers get sucked into that. And it's, 100%. It's, um, it, it's a way to sedate. It's a way to hide from what's really going on in their own life. And then what we happen to is then with the boredom. So you're sedating yourself, you become bored, and then we start to sabotage ourselves. But what really gets scary, Scott, is, is once you kind of move beyond that realm of so some people sabotage and it ends there, some people sedation and ends there. But unfortunately, for a lot of guys, it goes that step beyond and it ends up down a path of suicide. And that boredom that boredom and that struggle without having the people around you to support you and to be there is a lot of times, unfortunately, ends towards death. So I really believe that the opposite side of, of taking the, the route of sedation is to take the route of routine and tradition. And throughout history, those things have been consistent. It's having that routine of what you do day in and day out. I get up at this time, I do this exercise or I do, I, I, I spend time in the Bible. I spend time every morning. I write a note to each of my kids and to my wife every single morning oh, I on, love a stick, those. on a sticky note and it goes right on their bedroom door. And when I first started it, I thought it was about them. And I took me a while to really work my way to it. But now after doing it for more than a year, I realize it's about me. It's about me showing my gratitude. It's about me looking at where they are today in their lives and what would be a word of encouragement to them. So these little things, prayer time, quiet time, getting up early, all these things add to a routine and that routine helps fight the chaos. And then, and then it goes from routine from you to the routine of your family also. And then from there, it moves into tradition. And what are the holidays that you celebrate? What can you build in that you do each and every month with your family? A bike ride, a hike, a walk, going to see a movie, whatever it might be. If you can build in traditions that are unique to your own family, to what you do, that differentiate you from everybody else, the more solid and stronger that you can be in this fight against chaos and boredom. Because those are things that when things get tough and when things are difficult that you can grab onto, almost physically grab onto and hold onto you when you're starting to drown. They're like a life preserver with, uh, with tradition and routine. I think they're detrimental to growth and detrimental to uh, keeping your head above water at times. Yeah. So an interesting fact is that two of my early guests on this podcast are dead now. Um, one came on and not too long after he was on, 
Um, I actually had him on another podcast I was doing. He, he, uh, he just, he died of a massive aneurysm and he was deadlifting and he died. And the podcast we actually recorded, he shared how he was creating a legacy for his family. He was writing every single day to him and he did this for his wife, much like you do. And he, um, and he, we actually talked about death on that podcast and I've since interviewed his wife on the podcast. It was beautiful, but, uh, he didn't know that was coming. He had no clue. And, you know, it was, it was, I mean, he was doing what he loved. He was lifting weights. It had nothing to do with why it happened. It was a predisposition in the family, but because he had done that, his two-year-old and like three-year-old boys have things forever. They know about their dad. He was writing them like, this is how you live life. This is what you do every single day. Not um, And then tomorrow I head off to California for a memorial for a buddy of mine who took his own life. And, um, you know, and he was on the podcast and he talked about preparation and, um, you know, just being prepared. And you, you nailed it on the head. And I think we have to talk about these things. These things. I think we have to stare them straight in the face. We have to, I believe it's our duty to share, stare every man we know in the face and say, are you prepared to die today? Right this minute, will your family be okay? And I'm not talking financially. I think that's very important. Will they be okay? Will you have left some sort of legacy or tradition or manual for them as they go away? So I, I love the, the, uh, sticky note because it's it's like the little it's like stacking habits, just doing a teeny bit each day. Yep. I mean that sticky note pile if they keep it, it's gonna be massive. It's gonna be a book, you know. Yeah, and it's funny, my because my daughter she'll she'll keep them or I think she keeps almost all of them. My wife leaves them on the door. My son he'll takes them off and throws them on the floor. <laughs> Later he'll be like, why did I do that? And, and, and I ask him about it, and he's like. I, I read it first, Dad. I, re I read it. And at first, I'll be honest with you, and this is for anybody that starts doing that, that takes me up on the challenge to do that, is at first, it's going to be very disheartening when you find these sticky notes stuck on the bottom of your sock. Yeah. But the reality is, like you said, it's stacking every day. They're reminded that I care about them. They're reminded of these different you know, affirmations or encouragements or challenges that are put on that sticky note day in and day out. It's always there. And I, I kind of got to the point, like I said, where, you know, there was a time where it kind of pissed me off there for a minute, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> you know, doing work and you're doing what? <laughs> but, at the, but at the end of the day, I came to realize again that it wasn't it's for them, but at the same time, it's made a huge difference in me. And as you mentioned about the, the memorial service you're going to, the same thing happened with a, a podcast guest that I had on my Ever Vigilant podcast more than once. And when I got the news of, of suicide, it was just, it was devastating. And I remember telling my wife, I said, you know, if I had even had just an inkling of, of a knowledge of something like that, I would have dropped everything and driven night and day to get to his house to just put my arm around his shoulder until, until and forever, if that's what it took. And my wife looked at me and she said, I didn't know you felt that way about anybody. Mm. And that was an eye opener right there. But at the same time, I, I think about these men. And I think that this is something that, like you said, we need to bring up and we need to talk about because 
all of us tell ourselves that would never be me. That would never be me. But I could almost guarantee you down to a man that those guys said the same thing a year ago, six months ago, or four weeks ago. And all of a sudden they were in a spot where they saw only saw a temporary or a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And it's, it's gut wrenching. And here's, here's my advice because um, this buddy of mine had just moved. It was a 10 hour drive for me. I said, I will meet you there. I'll help you unpack. And he kept like, I knew he was troubled and I knew it. And here's the other thing. Like I went back and looked at all the texts from him, like, Oh, the writing's on the wall. But that's when I knew the equation, the answer to the equation. I didn't know the, you know, the outcome. And of course, as soon as the second I found out he was missing and he had actually, he sent me and his parents a, a, a suicide text. And so the second I couldn't get a hold of him, I made plans to just drop everything and drive. It was a 10 hour drive. And um, just don't be me. Don't be the guy that's making the drive after the event happens. Like I knew in my heart of hearts, I needed to get over there and hug him. And, and he kept saying, no, he, he told me no multiple times. And I think this, like, it, it goes to waste if I don't go to tell every man, pay very close attention to those in your life, pay very close attention to the patterns, how those patterns are changing, and don't even question for a second that it's not possible. And uh, hey, look, if you make a 10-hour drive and you show up to your buddy's door and he's doing okay, what, what harm is there in that, right? So uh, I, I think there's just it's just an opportunity to, to take some situations, I wouldn't call them mistakes on my end. You have to learn somehow and take some situations and learn from them. And, and I'm with you. I'd be there in a heartbeat. I'd be there in a heartbeat. And I think we all need to have this closeness with other men. We are each other's duty. We are, those men are my duty and, um, and vice versa. And we just pay attention. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just a problem. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. No, we've been, we don't have to look back that far to see tribalism everywhere. You know, we really, you know, I've had this conversation so many times with, with guys and they say, well, you know, that's, that's not really America. That's not really how we do things. And, and that's really a, a lie because mm-hmm. we can look back to our grandfathers and you see the heyday of the Elks Lodge and the Moose Lodge and uh, booster clubs in the schools and uh, guys getting together after work at the bar every single day, day in and day out, whether they left the coal mine or they were in the trades, they spent time together. And the quality of that time or what that time looked like, I would love to be a fly in the wall and actually see. We don't can't do that now at this point, but there's still an understanding of getting together. And there was an understanding of, of trading things. You know, the neighbor down the road, he might fix your car and then you owed him a favor. And when he needed you to do something, I remember my grandpa bringing that up and just talking about, well, so-and-so, he owed me a favor for this. And that meant something. When's the last time you heard anybody now talk about owing somebody a favor? It, it, it just doesn't exist. But there was this camaraderie, this understanding that even though it still might have been somewhat at a distance here in America, we love our individualism. But there was an understanding that I can't do everything myself. I shouldn't even attempt to do everything myself. Okay. Let's get together. Let's learn. And it, it's I was really surprised when I was in Illinois, I lived in a very rural area 
And I had the opportunity to have a conversation with an older gentleman that had lived in that community his whole life. And I often wondered about these rural areas and these rural farmers who always seem like they are, were always kind of sold on this idea that they were very solo, that they just did everything themselves. They were very separated. They're very rough individuals. And it came up in conversation that every Sunday they would go to church in this little town and they had probably a couple, you know, Methodist church and a Lutheran church and, and a Baptist church or something. But every Sunday after church, families would go sit on their bench down the main street. And then everybody would kind of walk around and they would um, talk to one another, visit with one another, share what was going on in their lives. So even when we're kind of sold some of these ideas, I think through movies or through just ideas of, of what things were like, even at that point in these rural areas where people lived miles apart from one another, they still spent that time um, giving to one another and serving one another in that purpose. And I'm sure when people needed a hand with something, that was their opportunity to say, hey, this is going on. I need help moving this tree or I need, need this done. And then the community could gather together and help that person out. I thought it was a real interesting insight that I, I, I didn't understand before that conversation. I think that's really that's a that's really good insight because, we, we, you know, the, re, the thing that drove me to creating Brotherhood of Fatherhood was this wanting of a tribe. This I want to create a tribe. I want other men, men to want to have this connection that I want to have. And uh, and I think it's a big missing thing. And we we mistake something that I think we're, we've got to work really hard on fixing is we mistake uh, social media tribe as real. Yeah. And, and um, that's, I mean, that's the push for, for an event. I'm like, if you're willing to put the time, money and effort to get there, we're going to do this thing together and we're going to take the next step. Uh, what do you suggest? You already, you already laid out a, a, a morning routine, which I think is really awesome. You know, mine's very similar, a lot of the same patterns, a lot of the same values. What, what other things are you suggesting, or would you say, go do this right now? Number one, go do something. <laughs> go do something, Scott. Go find some way to serve. Go challenge yourself. Go do something because time is always going by. And if you are not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And for some of you out there that are listening or at a point in your life where moving forward might be a slow crawl, that's fine. That's fine. But you've got to find the way to move forward. And I mean, there are guys out there listening that I'm sure are stuck in the deep abyss of, of, of uh, depression. And to me, I'm a very visual person and I can visualize exactly what that looks like. And when I was at times in my life, I could feel depression pulling at my pulling at my foot, trying to pull me into that abyss. And the only thing that saved me out of those times, Scott, is some sort of momentum moving forward. And it doesn't have to be fast and you're going to fight your battles along the way, but you've got to start moving forward and you can sort things out and figure things out from there. If, if you want to serve people and you think you're a good writer and you want to write a blog, then start out. Don't expect anybody to read it. Don't expect it to be a, a one hit wonder. Just start. 
And maybe after a month, you don't like that. Or maybe after a month, that turns into the beginning of a book. Or maybe after a month, that turns into something that you only share with your children or your grandchildren. But start somewhere. Start with some way that you can serve other people. Serving other people takes a lot of the, the, um, the eyes of yourself off of yourself and your own issues and problems. And you start to realize, my dad told me as a kid growing up, so many times when I thought things were so awful in my life and I was going through so many troubles and difficulties and my dad was, was the kind of dad that would just sit down and he would be very slow to speak. But when he spoke, it was worth listening to. And he told me, he said, Joe, if you were to sit down at a table, at a conference table with everybody that you knew, and each of you guys threw out your problems onto the table so that everybody around could see the problems that you have and are going through in your life right now, you would leave with your own. Mm -hmm. And I thought that just blew my mind thinking of it that way, that I'm so concerned and I'm so caught up into my own problems that I have going on or that I think are big issues or big problems. But the reality is, they're probably so trivial compared to the guy I'm standing next to or the guy I'm working with or the neighbor that lives across the street. And when we can look at things that way and we can begin to serve other people where they're at to show them some empathy and to build rapport with other people. Um, the other thing I would say, Scott, and that I'm learning more and more is the necessity for the soft skills. We've got to put a focus on learning how to lead. We've got to put a focus on learning how to speak to people. We've got to put a focus on learning how to build rapport with people, to build relationships of trust and understanding and empathy with other people. And we need to learn how to sell because if you don't know how to sell your great idea, because you might have a complete, you might have a school board that is screwed up beyond your imagination. But if you cannot, Get the people together. If you cannot sell your idea or sell a different route, a different way of doing things to the other people, you've got nothing. So th those are just some things that I've been learning and that I'm, I'm putting a focus on in my own life because there are things that we miss and there are things that aren't taught to us or we don't learn the importance of in school or or through our normal everyday life, but these are invaluable things that will get you far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, something that kind of came to mind is like, if you just go and connect with other people and serve, there is going to be a moment and you don't do this for the reciprocation, but you do it knowing that that's possibility. But the thing is, is when we need to be served, we're probably too deep in it to realize that you need people close enough that will just swoop in and do it. And by, by serving others, being close, um, you know, we as men have to open our guard. Hey, you might get hurt. You might meet somebody and you think he's awesome. And then he undercuts you or does something ridiculous because we're humans. It's just what we do, but you have to be susceptible to that because there's no way, <clears throat> excuse me, there's no way to, to move forward without a little kickback once in a while. So, you know, the challenge to me on that end is just go ahead and, you know, open that door and understand that there is an, an inherent risk, but I don't think, I can't think of pretty much anything that's worth it without a risk. There's always a risk involved in things that are worth chasing. Yeah, that was my, uh, 
that was my motto for the year last year, Scott, was without fear, there is no risk and without risk, there is no reward. And just like you said, is those thoughts were coming to my mind as I was out on a run one day, I started thinking about it. And like you're saying, I cannot think of anything in my life that didn't come at some perceived risk. Even if it, even if at the end of the day, it wasn't a risk right. at that moment, there was fear involved and I perceived it as a risk and otherwise, no, there, there is no reward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. Uh, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with, you know, some, some practical places for guys that kind of want to really challenge themselves and move more in, in the direction that you're pushing one. I mean, I know one thing they can do, they can listen to heroes wanted podcasts. They can use, listen to this podcast. Uh, what are some challenges or things you would say, uh, or what are some resources, excuse me, what are some resources that you've use? I mean, it can be books, podcasts, whatever that have really kind of helped you move along in this, in this journey. You name it. I've, I've done it or tried it. Um, books are a great way. I, I, one of the first things that I started doing when I wanted to get more into growth was turning off the sports talk radio and the political talk radio and started listening to audio books that either challenged me or even if they weren't audio books that challenge you or about self-help or anything, maybe they're about history, maybe even they're just fiction, but they take your mind off of the silly stress and the silliness that you get caught up in with so many of that, uh, those other things. So audiobooks, I think are great. I think podcasts are great. I think that um, one of the most important things that you can learn or realize is that a brotherhood or a group of men that you can hang out with is not just going to appear on your doorstep one day. If you truly want it, just like Jesus had to go out and pick his 12 disciples, even they didn't even just show up for him. You've got to go out and individually pick out who you want in your crew. And don't let that be an intimidating thing. Let that be an empowering thing that you have the right and the ability to pick out each and every one of those guys to fill in a role where you need help or where you see they need help and build it out the way that you see fit. Um, there are so many things that you can do. And that's why I always emphasize so much, Scott, on moving forward, because what's great for one guy is not going to work for somebody else, right. but continue to challenge yourself. You've got to challenge yourself twice uh, at the end of last year. And then at the beginning of this year, I went on a 12 hour walk just as a challenge. That's and each, <laughs> each time we did it, we, I, I brought with a buddy of mine. And it's funny because you see the, the guys that rose to that challenge are guys that have very, very successful side hustles going. The one guy just started uh, or just left his regular job as a fireman to continue growing his, his, what was at one point, just a side hustle. Go and do things that driven people do, and you will become more driven yourself. And you will test yourself, push yourself outside of the comfort zone and realize that the pain that you're going through the I, the idea of the struggle that's part of the payment plan for getting where you want to go we live in a society that's filled with the ideas of having hacks and getting places quickly or finding some sort of trick way to do things but the reality is growth takes time and it, there is very little um way to cheat time right there is very little way I will say 
going on a 12 hour walk with a, with another guy is probably a great way to hack a friendship and make it deep really quickly. But other than that, other than spending time, other than investing your time and energy into things, stop looking for the fast way, stop looking for the hacks, focus on, on you growing and what that really looks like to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. There's so many men in the group who've like, how do I start a new business? And the answer should always be surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you and start doing hard things. Just keep doing what you're doing, start doing hard things. And all of that stuff comes to, um, to fruition because I think back on my current business that has been very successful. And it's only a year, a little over a year old. It came a year into this this maybe a year or two into me really pushing and learning and, and driving myself. And it's an, it's, it's in direct correlation. So I think it's phenomenal advice. I think it's, it's really actually the key to getting to that place is because doing that side hustle is not going to be easy and you got to train your brain and your mind to push past and to see things a little differently. So I think that's, ridiculously phenomenal, phenomenal advice. I've never had anybody put it that way, but I think it's, it's very solid. Um, well, and I, I, th- I think it's the intangible Scott that we don't realize it's the having a podcast and then becoming better at sharing what's on your mind of conveying a message of communicating uh, for me, getting outside of my comfort zone, being an introvert and having conversations with people that you don't know and, and pushing yourself that way. So it's those intangible things that you don't even necessarily realize at the time that you're learning, but you're always learning. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Joe, man, appreciate it so much. Uh, we know that people should go look for the Heroes Wanted podcast. Anything else they should do to really kind of touch base with you? Is it, is it Facebook? Yeah, you can you can uh, check out what I got going on on Facebook. I've been a little slow lately working on some other stuff, getting my uh, coaching program really ironed out. You can go to heroeswanted.us backslash coaching to go to the page there. And from there, you can schedule a, a conversation where we can kind of really do a deep dive into where you're at today and then come up with a game plan for moving forward. No heavy selling, no awkwardness, just being honest about where you're at and kind of in, in working together to come up with a game plan on you moving forward, what that looks like for you so that you can get where you want to go. If we don't know where we want to go, Scott, it doesn't matter how hard you're pushing on the gas pedal. doesn't matter how much effort and energy you're push, putting in. You're just going to spin your wheels. That's right. That's right. So the website and Joe Prim on Facebook, uh, PRIM, super simple. Uh, man, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. Is absolute honor to have you on. Awesome, Scott. Absolutely a pleasure to be here. Really love what you're doing. Keep it up, brother. And uh, we'll we'll bump into each other one of these days down here in Texas. Absolutely, everybody. Uh, you heard it uh, from Joe. Go challenge yourself, and uh, then also go to brotherhoodfatherhood.com/slash/events and just go sign up for the event because this is exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about getting together with other men, putting yourself in challenging places, challenging your thoughts, challenging your body, and learning from people who've been through it and tribe. All about that tribe. I hope you all have an amazing day. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media.
If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.